Okay, how's it going? Um, class who is going to uh, Puebla, Mexico, um, being led by Dr. Science and Dr. Campos. Thank you, Dr. Science and Dr. Campos, for giving me the chance to, uh, you know, talk to you guys. Um, they said that they, they wanted me to offer some tips, uh, answer a couple questions here. And I wanted to record this because I might not be able to uh, make it in tomorrow into the the session um, and so at least you'll have this and hopefully you'll take one or two things out of this that help make your adventure more adventurous um, to introduce myself my name is Cesar Hakis and I uh, graduated from UT Austin in 2019 I studied abroad uh, in South Africa uh, for a month like a, a May master like yours I went to Beijing China for a month uh, in 2017 in 2019 I went to Cuba to study uh, art. And in 2017, I also spent a semester in Thailand. So I've been doing, uh, I did a four study abroads and I picked up some things that are, at least for me, um, it's kind of a recipe of how I, what I use to travel the world after that. So, um, you know, what I'm gonna tell you, I, I have three main points really. Um, and the first one is that travel you can use to uh, reinvent yourself. You know, you can be intentional, uh, on this trip of who you want to be, who you haven't been allowed to be because of whether the people around you, you know, sometimes there's parts of you that you discover in college that, that uh, require you to be, you know, you, you understand that you're, you're a new person. You're, you want to be something other than what your old friends know you as and going abroad, you know, not, nobody's going to know you like your old friends. So you have an opportunity to, be that person that you've been wanting to be. For me, it was adventurous. I wanted to be more adventurous. I wanted to be the guy who, uh, you know, connected people to the parties um, that happened in China. Um, so I'll tell you these stories along the way. But, but really, I take the plane rides to, to, to the foreign country as kind of like a um, capsule where I change, I, I think of it. You know, some of these plane rides have been really long. 12 hours more and um, I have a journal and I will set like a some sort of intention the first one when I went to South Africa was that I really wanted to be known as the guy who was super adventurous and um, I wrote that down and I ended up being that guy I, I went on bungee jumps pet I, I, I spent some time with cheetahs um, I was uh, friendly with some of the locals in South Africa. But this thing about setting your intention for the trip, I think is very powerful because you don't really have to think about it once you write it down. And um, you'll know when, when, uh, when, when things come up, you'll know what to say yes to and what to say no to. But I think um, it's worth, I think it's worth at least deciding what you want to get out of this, you know, in terms of personal growth. And for me, reinventing myself, using travel to reinvent myself, to bring a, par a part out of myself for a month uh, was very powerful because then I brought that back uh, to the United States. It was seamless. You know, people, I would come back from travel and people would uh, tell me that I was different. And it's because I had lived differently for a month. Um, uh, the second point that I want to cover in this little short talk is to follow uh, exciting discomfort. Um, follow what's exciting to you. Uh, and sometimes it'll be uncomfortable. Um, sometimes you're going to have to do things on your own. If, if, uh, if there's certain things that you really want to do and not everyone's going to be on board and it's going to be up to you 
to face that uh, that discomfort. Uh, the third point I'm going to cover is uh, build deep relationships. Honestly, this whole trip, this whole study abroad is all about the people. The reason you're not having this class in a uh, at UT Austin over Zoom is because of it's, it's the immersive experience. And, and really what's immersive about going to another country, it's seeing other people who are just people, just like you, live their lives differently. Have a, They have different traditions. Um and also getting to know the people who you're going on the trip with because they themselves also have different traditions. You know, you're, you're, you will be most comfortable with them because you're all American. But um, remember that I, I just think it's, it's going to be all about the people. This trip is going to be adventurous because of the people you meet. This trip is going to be unforgettable because of the relationships you build with the people you're going with. Um, so... Uh, they sent me some questions, a couple questions here that I'm going to try to answer. Uh, number one, what were your expectations slash nerves that you had before going abroad? Expectations. When I went to South Africa, which was my first study abroad, I tried to have no expectations. Um, and what I mean by that is that I tried to go to a country completely with a uh, knowing who I am, like I already know what traditions I've been immersed in growing up Mexican and, uh, you know, it, it, growing up in America. And I tried not to judge almost anything as right or wrong because I'm in another country and this is how it's done over here. Or at least I'm going to I'm just I'm just going to be open minded to to seeing it what uh what the normal is over here so i tried to have no expectations were there nerves i honestly there was more excitement than nerves if i'm being honest um uh, when i went to south africa when i went to china um the one time that i was very nervous was when i was going for six months to thailand that i was regretting i was thinking why am i going uh, you know, I could just uh, I could just stay in the United States, take these classes. Why do I want to be away from my family for this long? Um, but really, that went away when I got to the airport, when I stepped on the plane, because I, 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 I began to think, oh, we're on an adventure again. Yes, this is what I want my life to be. I want my life to be in an, an adventure. And um, I know that some of my friends... Um, have missed home when I've seen them, the people that I've seen who've studied abroad with me, some of them have missed home. What I found was the cure for homesickness is uh, adventure. I'm saying this word a lot, but it, don't spend a lot of time in your dorm or wherever you're going to stay. Unless it's you're staying with a family, spend time talking to them. You know, Spend time looking for what is new and really digging into that to see what you can learn. I tend to naturally just ask a lot of questions. And so uh, I, I'm always either walking around the neighborhood, eating at a new restaurant, talking to new people. And um, that never gives me the opportunity to be homesick. And when I've taken people, when I've been on my study abroad and I've seen that people aren't really homesick when they're out doing things. It's more when they are stuck at home, just thinking a lot or they're just not doing anything. And if you have too many options, if you're like, I don't know what to do, anything, do anything as long as it's new, go to the new restaurant, go, whatever. Um, question two, how did your views change after you settled in? 
Well, I realized it was life is like a movie, guys. Life is really like a movie if you make it that way. Um, I realized that the more I I went out to to experience new things, um, go look at new stores. Really, food is a big one. So I would always I was always at new restaurants. Um, I I realized that people are super friendly. People love people. Um, in Thailand, I didn't speak Thai at all. In South Africa, they spe- they spoke English in both of these countries, in Thailand and South Africa. Uh, but they also had their native languages. In China, they didn't speak any. Uh, most people didn't speak any English. It was it's kind of like the United States where you're going to speak Mandarin here. And so that brings me to the, to the next question of uh, how did you get over? Um, I knew there was a question here. I'm reading it. Where is it? Um, the language barrier. I'll tell you what. When I was in Thailand, I real I found out that ta- that language wasn't really a necessary thing for human connection. I learned. I didn't even learn how to say one of those. And in China, I learned how to say. I think it was yiga, which is one of those. So if I wanted to, I was like yiga, yiga. You know, just two yigas. <laughs> I think that was the word. And um, but in Thailand. I would just point and smile. I'd be like, actually, I'd be speaking English. Uh, one of those, please. And then I just smile. Really? Um, what, he, <laughs> what I found my recipe for human connection when I don't, we don't speak language is eye contact, a smile, and laughing. <laughs> if I say one of those and they look at me like, what? I just, I, I laugh naturally. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, um, one of those. <laughs> I just try again. And I just, uh, I do whatever I can to point at that specific item of food that I want. I want one of those. And um, it's incredible the relationships you can build with no language whatsoever. When I was uh, training Muay Thai, which is Thai kickboxing in Thailand, my trainers didn't speak any English except like, like uh, right kick, Caesar, left kick, elbow, elbow. And um, what, what, what I uh, came to understand was that by just saying hi and a smile every day and acknowledging people every day, you can build a relationship like that. And that's how I built a relationship with my trainers. I would go up to them and fist bump them. What's up, Ball? What's up? His name was Ball. My trainer, his name was Ball. What's up? And um, after two months of that, he one day said, Caesar. You, me, we go fight. <laughs> and he wasn't saying that we were going to go fight. He was inviting me to a stadium uh, fight. Over there in Thailand, they have uh, fights in huge stadiums. And so next thing I know, I'm in the back of a moped. There's three guys on a moped because there's a moped driver, my trainer, and then me. And it's raining. And we're speeding in, be- in-, in Thailand. We're-, we're going through Thailand. <laughs> And uh, I, I got myself into that adventure without, with, with a person who didn't speak my language. I didn't speak their language. So really, how do you connect with people who don't speak your language? Smile. Really smile. Look into people's eyes. Acknowledge them. Just acknowledge them. And uh, if you can, consistency. Consistently saying hi. Hola. Or hi. And acknowledging people. They'll know you as that gringo. The, the white person who's here, um, just fine or, you know, oh, whatever. It just you the foreigner who's here. And in Thailand, they would call me Farang, which is foreigner. Um, 
But then you tell them their name. He'll be like, Cesar. <laughs> Cesar. And you would ask them for their name and they'll be like, oh, ball. Um, and then they'll know you as, oh, Cesar. And that's, that'll be, that's really the only, oh, okay, this is another thing. The only word you'd really need in the language is a person's name. So if you can acknowledge them with their name, like, Bob, how's it going? Mao, how's it going? You're golden. You're golden. And um, which brings me kind of back to this thing about relationships. I mean, this whole study abroad, really, if you wanted to be unforgettable, um, look to build relationships with locals, build relationships with each other. What you'll find is that that's kind of going to come natural. Without you guys trying, you guys are going to become like a family. Um, but what uh, if you really want to get into some cool movie-style adventures where you find yourself in a stadium uh, betting on the guy in red who just who knocks out the next guy, or um, if you want to find yourself at a little-known bar that only local know, locals know, um, really you want to talk to locals. Uh, you want to try to spark up a conversation with locals, uh, build a relationship with them. When I was in Cuba, I met this guy. His name was Dachiel. He was a guy around my age, lived in my neighborhood. And I met him the first week, and after that, we were golden because Dachiel would introduce us to other people in the neighborhood. Um, he would tell us what scams to avoid. He would uh, tell us um, what was real, what wasn't, what was meant for foreigners. Um, he would take us to all the good restaurants. And, um, and you know, the best part was through, through all those adventures that I had with that chat, I was always asking questions about the culture. And that was really my education. I mean, yeah, I'd learned some stuff when I would go to, to uh, the museums and stuff, but I learned much more when I was in the, with Dachiel, asking him things about everyday life, about relationships over there, about, you know, just whatever came up to my mind. And um, if you can get a local to trust you and to build a relationship with them, if you're gonna be at a school, you can try to start there because you, the, you can trust those people. Um, but really that's, I found that all my adventures came through people. When I was in China, I wanted to be the guy who, who, uh, who was like known for the, to be the party guy, like who connected people to the parties. I didn't necessarily want to party a lot, but I wanted, wanted to get people into parties because there's a big clubs in, in China. And so I would go around the university asking for um, people if they knew a promoter. And I found this guy, I found this girl who knew this guy, his name was Ghost. So I have my burner phone, super sketchy already. And I have one number in there and that's ghost. And I text them and I tell him the situation and he ends up getting us into these really fancy clubs for free um, the entire month. And that was through talking to people. Um, and how, how to, uh, I don't know if I already went over this, over this, but I'm going to go over it again. How to get to know a city, um, how I get to know a city, like your neighborhood. I start walking, walk everywhere. Um, if you want to do exercise, run, you know, morning runs. I remember this guy in South Africa would lead the group on morning runs. That's one good way. Um, and, but really start locally. Wherever you live, start exploring around there. Go to the shops, go to the restaurants. Um, really, you want depth over quantity. Um, depth, you want to get deep in your neighborhood. Really understand your neighborhood. Really get to know the people, get to know who's cool, get to know who's not, because you're going to spend a lot, of time, a lot of time there or wherever you spend a lot of time. And if you're not spending a lot of time anywhere, then just 
really try to find one or two spots. You know, you I think I really believe in, in getting deep uh, with a, a neighborhood, uh, getting deep with people. Let's see. Any other tips for students? Um, ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. Be interested in people. You know, if you've read, um, if you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, it's really people love talking about themselves. Ask them about themselves. Understand that you're exotic, possibly. <laughs> um, you're exotic because you're American. Um, so people are going to be interested in you as well. And so all you need to do is spark up the conversation. And if they don't want to talk, well, you don't really want to talk to those people because they're not the adventurous ones. The ones that do talk, oh, yeah, ask them questions. Ask them about life. Um, laugh. Laugh a lot. Um, let's see. Safety. Uh, I know you guys had a safety uh, meeting last week or two weeks ago. You're safest amongst groups. You really are amongst your group. Um, it's not really anybody you're going to trust as much as you trust each other. Um, and so if you can always have a partner in crime, I always had a partner in crime. I always had somebody who was up for my adventure. Um, things are really much more fun with other people. It's way better with other people. So at least have one person with you at all times. Sometimes you have to go out alone. Um, I'll be honest. Sometimes people don't want to do what you want to do. In South Africa, I had to go on a five-day excursion on my own because nobody wanted to bungee jump. And I was faced with the decision, am I going to follow the crowd or am I going to do what this thing that I, for some reason, I really want to jump off a bridge. And I chose jumping off a bridge and that led to the most incredible adventure. Some guy rolled up at five in the morning to my hotel. He opens his sketchy van's door and he's like, Ahoy, bro. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be crazy. <laughs> and it was crazy. It was quite the adventure. Um, and, and there's been other times when I followed like what I wanted to do, as long as I've known it's relatively safe, you know, I know that safety is not really a factor, then I'm just going to follow my gut because that's where, where the growth came. What I understood from that going to, going to bungee jump on my own is that really you just have to do what your gut tells you, what excites you. And I've always tried to follow what excites me. I'm talking a lot about people, right? Um, but sometimes don't, don't let the crowd hold you back if you really want to do something. Um, it's really where you're going to discover yourself and you're going to have those stories that are unforgettable. So to kind of bring it all together, um, I'm going to give you some practices, some actual things that you can do when you're over there um, to do these three things. One, reinvent yourself. I already told you, you can write, uh, use your plane ride to write, whether it's whether you journal or just write it on a piece of paper or on your phone, really write down um, who you want to be. Maybe maybe that's not even going to be the, the right thing for you. Maybe what you want to do, um, what you want to feel at the end, write some sort of intention down for this trip and uh, put it away. You don't have to worry about it. And if you want to keep journaling, great. But uh, once you set that one intention, like I said, you're going to know what to say yes to, what to say, what to say no to. Uh, number two, Follow exciting discomfort. Um, it was this thing I was talking about and the about the bungee jump thing. Um, some decisions are going to be uncomfortable because nobody else is going to want to do them, or perhaps you've just never spoken to a stranger. But really, ask yourself. A question I ask myself is: Will I regret not doing this? 
at the end of life, am I going to look back playing it safe? Or am I going to look back and be like, Oh, I went on a bungee jump. I talked to the hot tie girl. Um, what, what is it going to be? You know, I, I'm a, a big believer in reminding yourself that you're going to die with this existence is not, uh, forever. So live it, live it. And you're going to be in Puebla. Come on. Um, and then number three, um, so ask yourself questions. That's the practical thing there. Ask yourself the question, will I regret not doing this? Uh, the last one, build deep relationships. It's all about the people. Remember that. Um, one thing you could do to do this is eat at a new restaurant every day. Um, talk to one new stranger every day. The everyday thing is important. But once you find those adventurous people, get deep with them. Get deep with them. This is only uh, if you find a restaurant where the owners are cool, get super deep with them. Uh, get to know them. Go there every day. Uh, I've had cooking classes with uh, restaurants that I've gone to for a, at least once a day for like three months. I went to this one restaurant and I love cooking. And I asked them, could I, could you teach me to cook some dishes? And they're like, of course, Cesar, come here. And they taught me salads and stuff in Cuba. I was at a restaurant and I had only been there once. I love the food so much that I asked the, uh, I asked the chefs if I could come back to, to, to observe them cook stuff or cook stuff myself in the kitchen. And they said, yes. Um, but that's just a tangent. Talk to people every day until you find the adventurous ones. Parting thoughts. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Don't spend a lot of time with what's comfortable. Don't go to McDonald's every day. I've seen people go to McDonald's every day and eat what's comfortable. Get, get uncomfortable. There's so many beautiful things out there that you wouldn't even, you couldn't even imagine. You know, some dishes you're going to be like, wow, that looked gross, but it's amazing. Um, I like Stoic philosophy because they remind themselves of, of death a lot. And, you know, death really clears the bullshit. Like what matters, what doesn't. Um, so, so remind yourself that you're going to die soon and uh, this is going to be over. If, you, if that's too crazy for you, remind yourself that this is all going to be over in 30 days. And you only have so much time here. So really take advantage, take everything in and have fun. I hope that's helpful. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. I'm going to post this on my podcast. If you want to listen to it again, it's the dose of Cesar. Um, guys, good luck and have fun. Hey there. If you enjoyed this episode, well, green light. New episodes of The Dose of Caesar come out every week, so make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. If you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe. If you want to connect with me, or if you just want some extra doses of Cesar, of Caesar, of Cesarine Pinguin, then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called The Caesar Encyclopedia, where I share what I learn every week. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time.